Have you hugged a ripen? Wagered a podcast bet? Toasted to friends at Clover Pine? Prove it all to your friends with Crossword merch available now in the gift shop. T-shirts, hats, mugs, stickers, and a whole lot more. Your purchase supports the show and keeps us running. Go to GhostbustersHQ/shop to get yours today. I like that shirt, friend. This week on the program, yes, it's a rare Tuesday episode. That's my bad. I wasn't feeling so hot on Sunday. I <laughs> didn't get it uploaded. I'm sorry, everybody. So you get a Tuesday episode. Uh, but we're going to be uh, talking about all of the uh, Alberta filming locations showing up on Apple Maps. Uh, very funny to see some ectomobiles. And then in the second half of the show, we're going on a deep dive of Discogs. We're going to talk about all of the rarities and records and alternate versions of songs. And it's a fun, fun rabbit hole. Stay tuned. Still Playing With Toys presents The Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. You know, it's just occurred to me we really haven't had a completely successful test of this equipment. Oh, we have fun. Woo! This is the, the folly of what we do. I don't remember a damn thing we did last week let alone it is the downside of recording on wednesday is that <sighs> by tuesday people are asking you what they listen to on monday about stuff you talked about nearly a week ago and i'm like <laughs> uh well funny thing uh th- th- i don't know to 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 this moment there is a uh, a comment on our youtube uh channel on last week's episode that i know is a reference to something that we said and i have not the foggiest idea what we said that inspired yeah. this comment but yeah if people ask me stuff or tweet stuff at me or whatever and you don't get a response from me uh nine times out of ten it's i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> and i'm too embarrassed to ask it's so uh, it, it never hurts to say at you know 13 minutes and 47 seconds what the hell are you talking yeah, about what the, go, yeah quick go to 13 minutes and 47 seconds and then i go oh right that thing i said i feel like it's it's a little different i used to i used to qc the episodes down from start to finish uh that went out the window really quickly because we talk a lot and i just don't have time um so then i would start listening to them like throughout the week and just to make sure that nothing was i, I missed anything and then i'd do like a hot swap and um, but now that I'm not commuting and I'm not doing my regular walks and I'm, you know, uh, have no podcast time, which we've talked about a couple weeks now, um, I, I just, I don't, I don't get to listen to us down, uh, the way that I used to. And, and I would know kind of like, you know, we're sitting here, we're talking, it's almost like when we did that commentary on the Blu-ray, the, the anniversary Blu-ray where it was like, oh god, I blacked out. Did are we done? Did we? Is it finished? <laughs> uh, just because it just you you talk and it's all in the spur of the moment and it's not something that you're necessarily committing to memory. It's almost like sitting fireside with your friends and you're having a great chat and then you hop in the car and you're driving home and you're like, that was wonderful. But you can't recollect all of the tiny details of the conversation that you had. So. I don't know, it's weird. And it's also different when we're doing the video. Like, I feel like I remember more when you and I are doing what we're doing right now, where we're talking, we're doing our old audio, our, our stalwart uh, audio uh, recording uh, that we've been doing for years and years and years, and, you know, trying to do some of the YouTube stuff to stay relevant with the kids. Hey, fellow kids. Um, it It's different. I, I, it could be, you're, you're focused on so many different things. You're focused on the video. You're making sure stuff's in frame. When we're doing the, the ecto builds, I'm trying to make sure that what's happening on the top down cameras is interesting. And, um, so yeah, the video aspect kind of throws things, uh, throws, throws a wrench. I I never pay attention to that, which just makes your job harder, (laughs) which the only, the only challenge that that presents is me trying to find uh, frame grabs for our thumbnail image where it's like, well, Chris is not looking at the camera ever. I've always got you looking (laughs) down or to the side or, um, but that's again, that's all YouTube stuff. Nope. Nobody that's listening to the uh, episode cares about that because you're listening. You're a podcast listener. That's what you love about podcasts. And that's why we're doing just a regular good old audio episode. Um, but we're also doing an audio episode because we have a really fun, uh, conversation topic and, yeah, sure, it would benefit from doing the YouTube video, but nah, we're not going to do that. Uh, I found it. He found it. All right, well, hold, hold that thought. Don't don't spoil what we're going to okay. talk about. All right. 
He found he's been looking for something off air before we got started here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so we've got some news uh, and uh, a, a few sad things, a few fun things, but definitely some some good news to be talking about. Good and bad news, unfortunately. Um, and then in the second half of the show, we're going to get into a Discogs deep dive, which I. This was one of those inspiration uh, uh, moments for the podcast where I'm like, why haven't we talked about this before? This is a whole lot of fun. So uh, if you're not interested in the news, in the second half of the show, we're going to be talking about uh, rarities, uh, music rarities for for Ghostbusters, things that are tangentially uh, related to Ghostbusters. It's, it's, It's really fun, I promise, so stay tuned to that. But for now, news. Here we go. Hey, guys. Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here if you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. Uh, Chris, I think just just given the nature of our discussion topics and, and the news and stuff here, I think I, I kind of want to start with the heavy stuff first. Is that okay with you? What am I going to say? No. Uh, let's land on a low note. You could say I, no. Uh, you could say no. let's save it because it's tough to talk about. But to be honest, given, given the respect due to both of them, I think we should start with them. Yeah. So, so uh, unfortunately, this is something that we always uh, have to, um, you know, it, 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 we have to deal with, uh, and it's it's very sad. Uh, two of them. One one is you know he he had a, a full life and uh, and and a wonderful career that we can go back and, and look at. And another one is a fellow fan who was very young and uh, you know uh, obviously went went before his time. But we have to report a couple of sad passings that are Ghostbusters related here. Uh, a, a fellow fan and somebody who is is sort of near and dear to us as as Ghostbusters fans and just film fans in general. My God, if you don't know George Siegel, uh, please look up his, his previous works. But mm-hmm. um, so George, George Siegel has passed away uh, at the age of 87 um, due to complications to a, a bypass surgery that he underwent last week. And uh, very shocking news. I know that for those of you who are not familiar with him, he was Pops on the Goldbergs. Um, he was also in... Uh, who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Oh, oh my God. He's been in like 5,000 films. Again, please look up his filmography. I'm sure TCM is going to be doing some sort of an awesome uh, marathon of, of all of his films, but just a, a, a wonderful cantankerous, uh, warm, but very stubborn gentleman. As we've heard uh, from some of the people on the Goldbergs that he hated doing more than one take of things just because he, uh, he, he nails it on the first take. What do you need a second one for safety? Get out of here. Um, just a you know a, a, a fun human being to watch perform as a fan, and uh, I know it's it's been very difficult uh, for for all the people that have worked with him, and we're currently working with him. All of the the cast of the Goldbergs uh, having to deal with that uh, that realization that they won't be able to see him when they go back to to shoot the next season. So um, very very sad there, uh, and then. Unfortunately, I have to report that uh, one of the uh, Ghostbusters, the Orange County Ghostbusters, uh, Andrew James, is it Quiones? Ke- oh my goodness, I'm sorry, Andrew and, and your family. Uh, I think it's Quiones. Um, but he was actually one of the Hollywood Ghostbusters, and I, I ran into him a couple of times around the 2016 film. Um, and, you know, he was at the, the bait event and I believe was at the, the premiere. Um, but a, a very warm and... and uh, amazing, friendly guy who who had a family, and and his son uh, reported on on Instagram that he has passed away. Um, and again, another unexpected uh, passing. Um, so their family is setting up a GoFundMe to help pay for the um, you know the, the services and and to to help the family out at this time because everybody's everybody's hurting right now. And this on top of that makes it even even more difficult. So uh, go to the Orange County Ghostbusters Facebook page, uh, Twitter, and Instagram. They've put links up all across the social medias as to where you can go uh, to donate to that GoFundMe account. And uh, just just very sad, man. I, mm-hmm. I, I hate, you know, it is inevitable, and I, I hate the fact that that is the case, um, but uh, I, I, it's just it's, it's always so tough to talk about on the air. It's it's sad enough in general, and personally, I what I find uh, the most sad thing about it is when we talk about it, and in better times, we always talk about oh man, you know, when we got together for Fan Fest, or oh man, when we got together for the the movie premiere and all that. Um, there was never enough time to see everybody and meet everybody yeah. and all that sort of thing. And but 
you're talking from a place of, well, maybe another day. And then stuff like this happens and you're like, well, I kind of missed my chance. I never really got to meet him and yeah. <laughs> talk to him at all. And, uh, you know, that that's gone now. So, and, and one of those people too, <sighs> that I, I feel bad because I had, I had been to events with him, but because the way that things always are, you just never get to really know each other. You just sort of, yeah. there's that, Hey, how's it going? And that's the extent of the conversation you have sometimes. Um, but uh, I do remember. And, and yeah, maybe that, maybe that's all that can be managed, but you know, yeah. it always feels like you wish you could, you always wish you could get more, right? Like, yeah, so. totally. And, and I, I was going to say, I remember there was an event right when uh, answer the call was coming out, uh, on, on home video, uh, here in Los Angeles, they put up a, an installation, uh, with a great pop-up firehouse that I think somebody in the fan community f- still owns. I, I can't remember who ended up getting a steak bed truck and, and putting that, that thing on <laughs> and taking it home. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he, he was there. Um, I, I believe he was still with the Hollywood Ghostbusters at that point in time. And, uh, and, and, and was there with his, his son. Um, so I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's sad. And it's one of those things where you wish you could get to know people better. And I think that's why I'm so hopeful, Chris, that your Camp Wakanda idea comes to fruition. And maybe that's what inspired your, your, uh, tweet yesterday. Um, a couple of the news items kind of mashed it all together, really Um, a little bit of melancholy and a little bit of spark of excitement about the new movie kind of combined. Yeah. Like let's, I, when all of this is said and done, when we've all got uh, vaccines in our arms and we can once again uh, be in the proximity of one another, uh, let's let's make it a point to get to know each other uh, better. Um, yeah. So, and and I use that as a segue because we are going to get into to the happier news, to uh, the Ghostbusters uh, afterlife news that is not quite news. It's it's kind of a fun news item, yeah. just because it's so <laughs> weird. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it falls under the category. Why hasn't, uh, Eric at ghost Corps lost his hair yet? News <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> Poor Eric. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we always talk on the podcast of how I absolutely hate, uh, spy photos. Uh, if your first glimpse of a new costume in a movie is from somebody on a, uh, a 135 millimeter lens from 10,000 yards away, uh, taking a picture while they're on their way to catering. Like that's not the first impression that you should see of Spider-Man or Batman or what, you know, whatever the costume may be. Um, right. it, it bugs me. I always hate it. And everybody's like, it's your first look at, and I'm like, no, it's barely a look. It's like a telescope look. Um, but, uh, <laughs> so, so they're always fighting that. Now they are also fighting the Google slash Apple slash whatever uh, geocaching truck that's taking photos and collecting data for the the maps happens to be because uh, Apple Maps, if you go to um, some of the filming locations in Alberta for Ghostbusters Afterlife, just happened to be driving by some of the locations for the film (laughs) while they were filming. (laughs) <laughs> it is one of the coolest. It's such a snapshot in time. It it's is. so cool to see that the, like there's one shot that's uh, on a bridge uh, where both, they had two, two ectomobiles. Uh, obviously, you know, it's, we've, we've heard in the original film that they needed an extra car, you know, to perform certain stunts and things like that. Um, even though they only had one car and that that's a whole other story altogether. When that car broke down, they were in trouble. Um, so in, th- in this case, Jason Reitman got his second car. They had two cars to film with and they're both present in this Apple maps capture that just happened. Uh, yeah. and, and you can go and you can see the, the roadblocks and the film crew standing around it. There's a, the, the hood is up on one of the ectos and there's a mechanic working on it. Uh, yeah. The, um, the side gunner door is open on both of them. Uh, it you is, can see the uh, dune buggy camera chase car that they were going to use uh, for the shot. Yeah, it's awesome. It's so good. Um, and and so some people have done side by side comparisons. You can actually see the road that this was filmed on in the trailer. It's that road where um, McKenna Grace and Logan Kim are walking their bikes toward the uh, crashed open gate. Um, yeah, they there's a uh, an old uh, box girder. A type bridge going over the Red Deer River that they throw some chain link uh, gating in front of in a sign and a couple pretend signs. it's yeah pretend it's the opening to the uh, the Shandor mine that we see in the trailer. Um, there's actually another Apple 
uh, shot in the Apple maps that it caught in, uh, one of the nearby towns they were filming. I don't want to get into it. Cause again, I can't remember if this particular thing, this, th- this particular thing never ended up in the, in the trailer, but there was another vehicle that, that will be in the movie that, yeah. uh, that, uh, the same, same camera car, oh, probably a different day. I was going to say, it around makes just... <laughs> sense. It's the same camera crew. They're in the area. They just happen to be filming at the same time, uh, that they're capturing the data for Apple maps. Uh, yeah. so uh, it Which, stands for, and, and there funny. might be more that we don't know about. We just haven't seen yeah. those those images yet. I thought about that, and then I went, eh, I'm too lazy. But um, <laughs> it needs to be pointed out that the only way to see this is somebody, like, it's out in the middle of nowhere. So I have a sneaking suspicion the person who found it went on a little bit of a location looking on the map and then uh. stumbled into it. But, you know, let's, let's be fair. Apple Maps... Um, kind of running a second to Google maps. So I think basically it required somebody that was an Apple maps person to then get it into their, who was also a Ghostbusters fan to get it into their head, to go look at some locations, <laughs> go on a virtual at, location at street tour. level. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, just stumbled into it. It's I mean, amazing. I, 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 now I want to go on that same Easter egg hunt. Like I want to go check out the theater and see if we happen to see anything. And then I also want to find the um the stay puffed mural that they painted on the side of the building like if if that camera crew was there at about the same time yeah th- th- there's a good chance that in some parking garage in the background or on the wall in the background uh, of Apple Maps you'll see the stay puffed marshmallow logo <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> which is the, so that's uh, so damn charming it's just such a great idea I love this uh, the I, Alberta and the, and the Calgary crew I think. At, at least a few members of those teams got to go see it at some point before it got taken down. So I don't know if it's been noted online exactly where it is, but where yeah, is. I'm kind of curious myself as well. Um, um, or to, um, you know, head to that, uh, I think it's a gas station or something that they, they reworked to be the diner that we see when the, the, uh, the when it like uh, skids Ecto to a stop at the end of the trailer. Skids to a halt. Yeah. Uh, there's, and that one's a bit of movie magic because the interiors were shot in an entirely different, uh, building in town, but just stuff like that. I'm like curious to see. Oh, but I mean, same thing. Maybe I mean, whatever they dressed the exterior of that building with is probably in stood the Apple for, Maps. Yeah, yeah. Probably stood for several days or more and Apple Maps probably drove past it. So. Well, and, and it's also a fascinating look behind the scenes. Like we could also travel down that path on Apple Maps and they may be working on dressing the exterior of that location and, and maybe they caught that. So you see like the production crew you know, up on, uh, yeah. you know, scaffolding and ladders and stuff, putting all of, all well, of the set dressing the, up. Well, the, th- the other thing I thought of when I was looking at this is it's, here's the thing about Alberta, it's flat. Even when you get into like river valleys and all that, the river valleys are wide and flat. Yeah. So the run up to the, to the bridge is flat and the road either way getting there is flat and the road beyond it is flat <laughs> and i'm so, looking so around it's going flat. i'm getting it's the impression very from flat. You that it's very I'll flat say okay it, All right. it was uh smooth it was topographically uh <laughs> even um, devoid of hills and devoid or of yes featureless mm-hmm. um okay. but the thing is is like it's one thing when they're shooting in like the small town because like i said when we saw in the trailer and went looking at at some stuff there, you can see some places, some shots where you're like, I'm pretty sure that's production trucks that took over the IGA parking lot or whatever, right? Like you can, yeah, you can just turn a corner and hide catering and the dressing rooms and makeup and all that. And it's not a problem when you're shooting out in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, where is everybody? Cause you can't take 45 minutes to drive them in from wherever, uh, ideally. Right. So you know, all the trucks are probably set up somewhere. Yeah, you're setting up, you got your base camp that you're shuttling people to wherever the filming location is. And yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You, but the, but the problem is you can't hide it within <laughs> 10 blocks of, uh, you know, you gotta go a long way to get out of the way of them say, shooting. You, so you, you can now, and then the poor VFX editors just have to paint it out afterwards, but that's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> well, right around the bend, there's a small chunk of township. Um, that's enough to have its own, like, uh, you know, school and parish and all that, but they, they haven't named the roads. It's like rural route two seven zero B like they just, so I think that's probably the place where they got it. Cause you know, there'd be power yeah. facilities that they could easily tap into, you know, that's 20 minutes down the road sort of thing. And then part of me starts going, if I just kept clicking, 
I might run into it, <laughs> like because you know the car. I, the, it's not like it's not like the car went out and shot that that bit and went. I'm done for the day. No, it covered hundreds of kilometers yeah. in a day, probably where they were, you know, setting up the. So I don't know. It's um, the most exciting part about it is that it's something that we didn't see. I, I, I guess on the one hand, part of me is like it's a bit spoilery because we now know that the ecto. You know, and it get goes to the, but it's like, well, the kids found it and there's something, you know, Shandor mine, something going yeah. on. No, the car's not going to go there. They walked like, no, of course. <laughs> so so I, I'm, I'm fine letting that one go. Cause it's kind of like, uh, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. good. Well, but and, it, and but the official was, Ghostbusters, I think they were kind of tickled by the fact that this happened too. the official Ghostbusters account, uh, you know, aggregated yeah. it and retweeted it and. I think the official Ghostbusters is like, oh, this counts as hype instead of a leak. Yes. <laughs> like free and, hype. <laughs> and and it's one of those organic. Oh God, I just said the word organic. I'm sorry. It's one of those organic things uh, that hurt, that really hurt my soul. I'm sorry. Ah, you'll everybody be right. that um, It's such a stupid marketing buzzword. Serendipitous. Say it's serendipitous. serendipitous. Thank you. There we go. Um, it, it is. I mean, it's one of those things that because I know a lot of people have been clamoring online for like, please, we need some sort of imagery, some sort of marketing for the movie just to keep us going to November. Um, and and here is something that is completely unplanned uh, that just happens to to go viral and is just such a wonderful, heartwarming uh, thing to to see. And and it also inspires us to go Easter egg hunting. Like now, let's just poke around. Uh, you know, uh, like you said, just pick a spot on highway 848 and, and just drive virtually and see what you find. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm well, really excited about that. Could be a good way to kill some time kids. So hop on uh, Apple we maps. Plenty of time to F- find that, uh, CBC article that had, uh, they found all the filming locations and made a note and yeah, yeah. You're, you're good to go. Start um, doing some address, uh, hunting, uh, doing some sleuthing. Yes. See what you please. can find. Uh, so Chris, just some, some merch news here before we get yeah. into our, our discussion topic. Uh, the IDW men in black, um, game that it's here. God, I mean, I feel like we talked about it a, a year ago, maybe longer at this point. Longer. Um, it, it, it something that we saw solicited. We knew it was in development and we didn't know any more information past that point, but now it is up for pre-order on IDW games. Uh, $125 is the pre-order, which, um, I, I know everybody out there is like, oh my, 125 bucks. Um, but as I understand, uh, a, it is a kind of, uh, crowdsourced crowd backed, uh, crowdfunded, um, game. So they need to pre-order these, uh, in order to pr- produce them. So, uh, that's part of the reason that the, the price is so steep. And then if you go to the IDW game site and you check out just what you get with this game, it's also like the cryptozoic game. It's just like. Oh my God! There's there's extras, there's miniatures, there's all sorts of stuff yeah. that's that's involved in this game. So it's it's a ton. Uh, it's. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I was gonna say, did did you have a chance to to take a look at it? Because I, I, I want to get your 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 perspective on this as a, a games developer yourself now. Yeah. Uh, that's well. I think I think the main thing is that we learned that they learned some lessons from uh, uh, Cryptozoic about uh, uh, Kickstarter. Uh, so they use. They're using backer kit, which is usually used in tandem with Kickstarter, but in this case, they just didn't bother. They're using it as a pre-order engine for, um, so it's sort of like kickstarting without promising that they have to give money back if they don't reach us. It's a lot easier to just say right. who wants. Uh, and I think basically us pre-order, but that's okay. Cause they sweeten the deal. We get a lot of cool extra stuff. Uh, for, for pre-ordering and the price one twenty five. Mm, that's I'll be honest. That's not insane for a, you know, uh, um, uh, I mean, that's pretty close to what you could find, uh, the cryptozoic ones for when they were being sold new. I yeah. mean, I know later on extra stock was being found places real cheap and all that, but I think that's about what early. I paid for cryptozoic's yeah. first run. If I remember yeah. correctly, because I, I did the deluxe version that came with whatever the, the stretch goals were going to be. And I feel like that was in in at least the hundred dollar range, if not more, like one fifty, one twenty five. So it's, I, I I saw that and was like, oh, that that makes sense. But I know that there were a few people that had sticker shock, like it's a board game for one hundred and twenty five bucks. Like, well, that's that's not that's not for big big for bigger games. That's not outrageous. That's yeah. pretty typical. And um, this one is, this one falls into the category again. It follows the same model as um, 
the Cryptozoic game. So they're going with the variable, uh, you know, tiles. So it's not a single board. You can reconfigure them to make different boards. And as such, they, uh, they have scenarios in it. So it's not one type of game with the box. You can try and play and win different, uh, variations on the game in the one box. And ideally, you know, you can make your own and, and share them around and all that. So I think at one point wasn't Cryptozoic working on it with them. I think I think so. I, so. I, the problem is that I, I kind of combined the Men in Black game and the Blackout game together because I, I think they were announced kind of around the same time too. So yeah, I, don't, I don't recall if Cryptozoic was working on the Men in Black game or if they were working on the, the Blackout game. But um, Well, it's... Pfft. It's too late at night to go back. I know, but I do know like the, it's, it's the same people that did, um, uh, oh shoot. What's the, uh, is it, uh, Ninja, Ninja dungeon. Oh my God. I'm blinking on the, the name of the game. It's a very fun game. Um, who actually one of my friends is, is friends with the developers on. And I, I am so sorry guys. Uh, uh-huh. but, but they, again, I know that they pour their heart and soul into it because they're also fans and are, it's a good chance that they're listening right now. So that's why I'm so sad that I'm fumbling on this. Hold on. I'm looking it up. I'm stalling. I'm stalling. 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 Highly detailed sculpted miniatures from Ninja Division, Super Dungeon Explorer. Uh, so yeah, right. so the, the miniatures are, are very cool for both the Ghostbusters and the Men in Black side. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, this is really cool. I, I don't know anything about a release date. I think it sort of all depends on if and when everything gets funded. Um, but uh, yeah, go go check it out, especially if you're interested in this. This is one of those things where if you want to support it, you got to support it now so that they know that you're you're interested in it. Um, Hang on here. Um, looking back to Halloween of 2018. Was it really that long ago? 2018? Yeah. And it's... Um, Men in Black and Ghostbusters meet for the first time. Uh, Panda Cut Games. I didn't see their name around, so I don't know if... 2018. Panda Cut might be the model sculptors to be, if I... Maybe. Yeah. Panda... Oh, Panda Cult, not Panda Cut. But also, where does the Darn ligatures. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, there um, we are. No, the sculpted miniatures are from Ninja Division, who did, uh, as you said, Super Dungeon Explorer. But, uh... Yeah, Panda Cult Games, Wander, the Cult of Barnacle Bay, along with, uh, yeah, IDW Games, and Sony gives it the thumbs up. And yeah, but that's back in... A while ago, yeah. That's super pre-pandemic. Uh, um, but we've always talked about, and, and they do show up in the Extreme Ghostbusters episode, uh, like the Men in Black crossing over with Ghostbusters is a no-brainer. Like that just... Yeah. It, it, it's long overdue. So the fact that this is happening in board game uh, format is, is very fun. And uh, I'm, I'm hoping the stories are a lot of fun to, to kind of go on those adventures with too. I think so. Yeah. Looking um, forward to it. I think that's, uh, that's uh, there was a couple of, there's numbskull has a couple of, uh, of offerings. Go check those out. Um, yeah. And some more rubber ducks. Yeah. And I think that was really, that was really it this week, Chris, right? There wasn't, again, it's kind of a slow news week, but, um, oh, why know. do you keep asking me to say, I've opened up 18 tabs and I've gone in a different direction. <laughs> that is quite um, all right. Uh, well, let's, yeah, I think, I think that's mostly it. Yeah. Honest. Let's, let's just dive, let's go into it. Let's get into our discussion topic. Uh, so this is, uh, Chris, my pitch to this was, this is our Discogs deep dive. And the inspiration behind this is, uh, there's two things actually. The first one is about a month or two ago, you and I were talking about a Howard Huntsbury, a uh, higher and higher uh, vinyl single that you and I did not know existed, um, right. which we now know exists in a promo version with a generic sleeve and a picture disc version. Um, and there, it, it occurred to me that there's this whole untapped, unexplored um, area of Ghostbusters collecting uh, that is very interesting to me. And then I also started to get onto a vinyl collecting kick because I bought a turntable and it's all part of my pandemic retail therapy, which is a whole other story <laughs> we won't have to get into on the air. Um, so I, I started browsing through Discogs just to like, you know, put in both the discs that I have into my collection, but also just to see what's out there. And I was completely unaware of at least a good half dozen to a dozen things that I now need. I want, I need them and I want them both simultaneously. <laughs> um, so I, I thought it would be kind of fun for you and I to 
just in real time, Chris, this is like uh, our, our friends at YHS, uh, their eBay hangs, like just to scan through the stuff and, and come across things um, because you, I, I know you have a, a quite extensive uh, collection of Ghostbusters music, uh, which is your eureka moment earlier where you said, I found it because you were looking for a, a mixtape of an alternate universe Ghostbusters 2 soundtrack. Is that what you what you put together? Um, so long story short, which is a lie because it'll be long because I don't do short, <laughs> uh, as that sentence just revealed. Uh, almost a decade ago now, I just got it into my head where I took every track in the original Ghostbusters soundtrack, uh, not counting the Elmer Bernstein stuff, and looked for covers or alternate versions or whatever. And I, I jokingly put it out as a, you know, copy of the soundtrack from the, uh, an alternate universe. And then for whatever reason, um, going back, when did we say we did it? Like, oh, I had it here. I looked it up. That's because I yelled the thing, right? Of course. <laughs> I found it. Yeah. I found it. There's the, no, where is it? There's the. Oh, don't tell me I lost it. Oh, no. He found it, and then he lost it. No, there it is. Found it. 20 August, so summer of 2017. Um, uh, one of the episodes, we we want to celebrate uh, Ghostbusters 2, because I guess, yeah, August 14th, that would have made it just shy of the anniversary. That was, I, I think that was your WGBI, uh, like, summer of 1989 uh, yeah. episode. Well, we called yeah. it, yeah, WGBI Monday morning, 89, and... Um, Anyways, I think it it's basically the 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 recycled remnants of me attempting to do with Ghostbusters 2, which honestly now that we've started down this rabbit hole, I think I'm going to have to go back and try again. So I did a mixtape because I could only find a couple things at the time, <laughs> but uh uh I found a couple of of alternate versions of of tracks and then yeah, you found a bunch and then you suggested this episode and I started looking and it turns out there's a lot of different, so I might actually be able to go back and do the alternate universe, uh, Ghostbusters two, uh, soundtrack yet. We'll, I, we'll, we'll see how that I goes. I think you can. And especially now, now looking at some of the, the record releases that just happen to be, uh, particularly for DJs, uh, and, uh, you know, music supervisors, uh, working on films, things like that, like just finding instrumental versions of, of songs, that I didn't know existed. That's what intrigued me so much about the Howard Huntsbury um, Higher and Higher was an instrumental version of that song. I didn't know that. I mean, of course it existed, but I just didn't know that it was publicly uh, available. Um, and and that was the first find that I had on Discogs. And I'm like, I, I want that. I need that. It's a, <laughs> it's a 45 of Oingo Boingo's Flesh and Blood where the three tracks on it are the the album release the single version of a flesh and blood an extended remix version which i think i think you might have had I, I, what did we decide because you and i were texting when i found this and and it, it sounded a little different than the version that you had so maybe it's it's something else yeah i think what i found was the one that ended up on um on the uh they did an album they put out an album later that year and put a version up on it. I think that might be where it came from. Uh, I was calling a, it a demo because it sounded really rough and crude, but yeah, just a slightly different mix and and a few different yeah. things that that hit hit in, in different spots. Just a different edit, different mix. Um, yeah, it's technically called Flesh and Blood Extended Version. Extended Version, yeah, and and there's yeah. a little snippet on a on a, a a website I've never heard of, to be completely honest, and. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if, if I even mentioned it on the air. I don't know. Maybe do, does anybody know if this is a legitimate website? Um, it is, uh, I'm looking it up right now. Eruce, E-R-U-C-E dot com. And, and basically their claim to fame is they have a bunch of music that's for sale in, in flack audio format and, and MP3. Um, yeah. and they have this extended and, and, uh, instrumental version in flack format, and it, it, I have, n I've never heard this. And again, the instrumental version, uh, is on this. That's the third track. And it is the big draw to all of this for me because an instrumental version of flesh and blood is something I have not, I have not heard. Um, didn't know it was public facing. I, obviously you hear bits and pieces of yeah. it in Ghostbusters too. When, uh, when Ray and Egon are, are hooked up to the psycho, psycho slime and, uh, you're hearing the instrumental version in the background, because that's what editors need. That's what they want. They want the version mm -hmm. without the dialogue and the, and the vocals in it. Uh, so, 
What are we going to do for this episode? Are we going to talk about stuff and then drop in like 30 seconds or? Um, yeah, why not? (laughs) You're going to make me buy these tracks on Eros though. That's the, they're going to have all my credit card information. Maybe we'll see. I mean, we also (laughs) have the extended version doesn't sound too great, but the same guy who put the extended version up on YouTube, I, he did put up, I think other versions, both from the album that came out and maybe that same 45, not necessarily the instrumental, um, but they they may sound much better. So I don't know. Yeah. We can find something to. All right. Well, well, yeah. I'll play you just a little a little snippet here of the the instrumental version. We'll we'll go with that just because it's so cool to hear it. I mean, I love Danny Elfman, and I I I will never speak ill of the man. Um, but it's cool to hear the, it's cool to hear his music without his voice in it. Sorry, Danny. So, all right, Chris, what, what did you find, uh, in your, Oh, me, me next, you next. What, what what are your findings? (laughs) I've been, I've been Um, blah, 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 blah. This whole episode. Sorry. I'm, I'm hyped up. See, mine gets a little mixed up, especially if we're like looking at, are we looking at just Ghostbusters two or looking at Ghostbusters one? Either or, or even because the other thing too, is when you search for Ghostbusters on Dick's disc, Dick's discogs, I blame them for their name. Um, you get a bunch of covers you get all it's like when you search for the for the title track on itunes or spotify yes. or you get this is this is part of the problem is it lists covers i also like to play with uh, uh who sampled.com oh which oh, is fun in its its own right the like people love sampling ray parker jr's ghostbusters in songs and does ray lo- parker jr know that i think he probably, probably wants to know that yeah but they love taking audio from Ghostbusters too. The number of across the board genre wise dance tracks, like from trance to like hard techno and all that, that love to take little bits of like back off man, I'm a scientist and all that. Um, there's one though. It's the, uh, 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 did I put it on here? I can't, Sorry, I have new progressive glasses and I'm not used to which way I'm supposed to tilt my head to look at the screen here. <laughs> um, no, it's not on the album thing, but I think it's a band called, the group was called uh, Bent. What the hell did they call it? Simple Magic or something like that. And they, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a little sample of, um, uh, from uh, Rick Smiley's magic and a, a little bit of, like a little bit of the music and a little bit of him his little I believe it's magic bit great track um, I think I may even use that someplace in one of the mixes but mm. uh, what is a good one for us to talk about that this is and this is the reason why I asked about Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters 2 is by 89 there's a lot of official remixes going on. So you and I are talking about alternate versions of tracks. And when you're like in 84, that's like when you find, uh, well, it's like the, the, the Oingo Boingo find on Ghostbusters 2, right? Like it's an al- literally an alternate uh, version of it. Um, 
but yeah, they by eighty nine. I mean, we were deep in single character territory, which yeah. meant any any song that ever came out that was popular, it probably had somebody did like a twelve inch dance mix, and then they let three or four different hot producers take a stab at doing their remixes of it, uh, for reasons that I wish they'd go back to. <laughs> uh, a lot of the times, you could get the the singles, and they'd have like the dub version uh, uh, that you you know had no and the instrumental version, so you had just the vocals in, which I you know probably helped down the line with, you know, kids 20, 30 years later doing remixes of stuff or sampling of their stuff and all that. But, but the reason I asked is you, I'm, I'm looking at this WGBI Monday morning. So very easy to find modern remixes as well as, uh, back then remixes of songs like, so Dougie Fresh Spirit, Shockley and Shabazz remix. That's one from the time when the song came out. So it is like an alternate longer version of spirit that these two guys took a stab at. Um, yeah, another remix. Where's the one that I want to talk about though? Well, we talked about Oingo Bongo flesh and blood. That's a good one. Ones I haven't quite dialed down on yet is, uh, there's an alternate version of promised land on his album. Like it's called. Yeah. So on my one, I put the promised land album version, which is like 20, 25 seconds longer i think than well, and, on the and ghostbusters 2 promised was the one that wasn't even written for ghostbusters 2 right if i'm remembering correctly that was one that was made for something um, else entirely it, yeah, yeah it was for, it was made for another movie and ended up on the ghostbusters 2 soundtrack because of mca uh, who was the record label yeah. on the, on the second one uh similar for uh new editions um uh, supernatural their album version is different from then what ended yeah. up on Ghostbusters. Not well, and by on, lots, our, on our own had the different album version that we've heard kind of bits and pieces of uh, over the years. Yeah. Um, so here I'm looking at, so New Edition Supernatural, four minutes and 35 seconds on the Ghostbusters soundtrack. But then year, 89, so same year, soundtrack smashes. <laughs> the 80s and more. It's weird that they called it the 80s and more and they, Put it out in 80, I guess they were just trying to get ahead of the, yeah, the decade and review albums, but they're on there. Uh, you know, Patty LaBelle, uh, Ooh, Oingo Boingo's Dead Man, Dead Man's Party's on there, but, hey, um, there you go. Glenn Fry's The Heat is on. Yeah. So lots of, lots of some 80 stuff in there, but yeah, new edition starts it off. It's five minutes and seven seconds long. Like it is hmm. nearly half a minute longer than what is on the, so that one, I haven't found a copy of it yet, but, uh. I keep feeling like there was another one I wanted to kind of get into, but, um, well, think, think, think about it, Cause the, the one that also really inspired me. To- oh, right. Cause I did find versions and I, yeah. So again, Disco Inferno, lots of alternate versions. Oh of the, yeah. Oh, I'm sure. High linked beats remixes. That one's a weird one. Cause it sounds like an, uh, back then one, but it was from a re-release of the soundtrack onto CD, like several years ago. And it was literally just a faithful remix. It was like, mm. here's all the here's all the, the the tracks from the original recording. Just do don't go nuts. Just do the long version of it. So that one. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Here's um, all the stems. Have fun. Um, saving the day SOS mix. That that's, oh, that's on what your Redux. Is. Yeah, that I, I, I know that one really well. Yeah, I found it in the name of Love eighty eight. That, that one's was a the fun Thompson's, remix too. Yeah. The Thompson twins went back the, themselves and, and redid, uh, they kind of touched it. I think they took their original and then kind of re-recorded some stuff onto it. Uh, so that would have been what, four years later. And then, yeah, my, that original one, I found a live version from the year of Ghostbusters, uh, of Air Supply doing, I Can Wait Forever in concert. So I mean, see this. I yeah. haven't even looked at the air supply singles yet. Like I'm sure <laughs> there's gotta be a 45 out there with some version of, I can wait forever that we haven't heard. Um, the yeah, only, but, the but only skip Ghostbusters track two is, yeah. Ghostbusters two is a tricky one. Cause let's see here. Bobby Brown, new edition, uh, James Taylor, Bobby Brown, Dougie fresh run DMC. One half of the album is, is like R and B. Uh, you know, soul acts that, um, that's, you know, they were putting out like their, their, their poppy tracks and were doing lots of their own ver- remixes and 
Oh, I'm sure. And, and even and sending and those records out to clubs too, where the re, you know if yeah. remixes were happening live. Uh, you know, that's that's been the fun thing too is is searching through discogs and seeing like people that have albums up for sale that yeah. have the wax pencil marks um, of the DJs of you know beats and and things that they wanted to drop in. Um, yeah, Run DMC uh, is a weird one because their cover of Ghostbusters. <laughs> There's you have to you find the 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 single the LP single, and it has that weird version that ended with up siren, in the music. without siren without uh, siren yeah, yeah that one's, but then you're left with four like Oingo Boingo that's why the Oingo Boingo Flesh and Blood one is so legitimately, um, uh fun to find the alternate versions because it's not a group that you instantly think. Oh, there's, and like I said, it's so old school too. It's not like a remix or a club mix or something. It's, they just recorded an alternate version yeah. of it and put it out in a different place. Elton John, Love is a Cannibal. I'd love if he had an alternate version of that, but that's another one that I think was just dropped in because, uh, MCA again, probably. Was, Flip and, City. Well, yeah, Fl- Flip City pr- prominently featured in the movie. So that one makes a whole lot of sense. But yeah. I, I haven't heard any remixes or uh, alternate versions of of that. Um, it, it it's a it's there's got to be there's got to be an instrumental version of that somewhere though, right? Because well, again, you hear it in the film, but of course the film editors true. are working with you know the split tracks and things like that. But well, yeah, stuff that's made for it too. Yeah, there's a lot of times they can just request it and they get what Let's they need. Let's see, Glenn. Sorry, Fry. this is very strange because I'm looking at Glenn Fly and Discogs and there's an ad for. Discover a new Christian music. Listen to Holy Patriot now and Holy Patriot's cover. <laughs> that's that's Doctor Strange's Helm of Naboo. Uh, so I don't know. Okay, if, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> looks like the the promo version for Flip City just has the original five minute and twelve second song on it. No. Yeah, I'm looking at it too. See. Yeah. The, um, I get distracted by uh, a Christian heresy. CD just comp. Me. Yeah. I I, I mean. Yeah, Ghostbusters, like you said, in 89, this was kind of the, the height of, of all of this. But the 84 stuff, too, that's like if you if you search Discogs for just Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters, um, it, th- there are 200, 300, 400. I have no idea how many 45s, just single releases of Ray Parker Jr.'s original Ghostbusters there were that you can purchase from, from all over the world. You know, there's, there's the, the Mexico, the Germany, the Brazil version. Um, this is of course where we know that some of those versions that we've come to know and love, like the, um, searching for the spirit remix, uh, that, that 12 inch, uh, version that they released on the 2006 CD. Um, and, uh, I think, I think it's still available like on the Apple music version or the Spotify version of the album, but uh, again, a, a remix and a, and a re-edit of, of the song that I love uh, so much, but man, just looking through this, there has to be versions of Ray Parker Jr.'s song that we have not heard just from some other country. Maybe, you know, it was a, a, a random UK release uh, that was a promo for, for radio stations only, and it's it's out there and we just haven't heard it. Um, yeah. if, if time and money were of no object, I would just sit here and try to buy all of these and then just sit and listen to like, Oh, did you hear there was a different edit in this version that that must've been a different master. It must've been a different pressing. It must've been different. Like just the weird Howard Hughes stuff that would probably happen. a lot easier in the era of like the uh, editing software we had because you just drop them in on different tracks uh, and, then and line them the up two. and yeah, press exactly. play and when things go off the rails you'll hear it 
Uh, but uh, I almost wonder too. I mean, I'm I'm saying this kind of you know uh, in jest, but are there people out there, uh, any of our listeners, who are collecting just like seven inch, like forty five singles of Ghostbusters? Uh, because there has uh, there has to be some subsection of our collectors out there that this is literally all they're doing. They're trying to get every version of that song. Uh, because it, the bummer with this is it doesn't show me just exactly how many there are. But also, like, in the Philippines, there was a version of it that had Ghostbusters on one side. And what is this on the other side? <laughs> no, that can't be. No, there's 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 one that's Ghostbusters and, and the, the 1984 classic Smack My Bitch Up, uh, which that's not right. This is an error. <laughs> this is not correct. Uh, oh, but here's one that's the extended dance mix also from the Philippines and what is the what's the runtime on this one six minutes oh boy I wonder what that one is six minutes unbelievable I think we're, we're overlooking an obvious one too that um, uh, Naoki from Japan sent us there we only played one of them but he sent us two different songs from the original Ghostbusters soundtrack that were re-recorded in japan in japan japanese, in japanese yeah by japanese pop singers what were they quick uh <laughs> i have them right here actually okay um, all right they are we played one and i can't remember which one let's see we threw it on the end oh of an hot night it is i don't know if everybody can hear this so, so again another weird one like oh that's fun Oh, wait, you, I played the, this. I played this on one of our episodes after Naoki sent it because it's just so yeah. charming. What was the other song, though? Uh, so he sent us Hot Night and... Just maybe... Just the, right. the theme song. Yeah. Which I think we you and I talked about at the time because um, we thought it was a strange phenomena when uh, Answer the Call came out because they did the same thing, right? They gathered the... Uh, I think it was the voice actors... From the that, film, yeah. We actually, we talked the to them on the green carpet. That was a whole lot of we fun. We did. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And again, this falls into a weird category of, it's kind of, I mean, it's technically a cover, but it's not, covers are usually somebody saying, I love your song, I'm going to redo it, where this is the, this is the studio and the, the, the album companies going, uh, well, uh, we want a Japanese version of it, so we're going <laughs> to set up a new record of it. Like it's, it will be more accessible to our audience if it's in their native language, obviously. And so yeah. it's kind of not a cover. It's literally uh, like literally an alternate, uh, recording of the album. Like it's just music's uh. weird. Like you called it a rabbit hole. And I think you thought, and that means there'll be lots to talk about. And for me, a rabbit hole always means I'm going to go down it. I'm going to get lost <laughs> and ultimately stuck. I will dehydrate and I will die. Like and this. <laughs> we'll we'll have lost Chris forever, basically. Yeah. Um, oh, which doesn't help when like you crack open who sampled because man, is that fun? I yeah. Um, so so here's here's uh, I mean again I think you and I Chris could probably talk about this for quite some time here, but uh, what what we need to do is do another mixtape is what I'm hearing. Um, so. <laughs> So my plea to everybody out there is to a let us know what some of your kind of weirdest obscure versions of the songs are that you've you've heard or that you happen to have uh, you know the vinyl uh, recording of um, chime in on social media uh, give us a call uh, on the voicemail or even send us a snippet of it or something uh, through through direct message um, and then my other plea is if anybody has that Oingo Boingo disc I really want that. And there's two people in Germany I'm thinking about buying it from, but they're not selling to people in the United States because I get it. Us Americans, I, I wouldn't sell to us either. We're a bunch of shady people. Um, so if anybody's well, got will they that. Sell to, will they sell to Canadians? I might be able to get it for you. Oh, see, there you go. Maybe. Because I, I, it's between that and there's also an Australia release, uh, a 12-inch 45 of uh, Ray Parker Jr.'s theme that has the dub version and the short version, which I have really, really kind of scratchy recordings of from 2006 or mm. something like that. I want that disc. So uh, same thing. There's only versions up for uh, sale up in Australia. And uh, if you guys have that, uh, hit, hit me up. 
Uh, I'm, I'm just using this to solicit people to sell me stuff. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. I'm sorry. We'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page. You do? And Twitter accounts. Print is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroads. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. I just want to get back close again. What the hell are you doing? If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professional. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. Uh, Chris, unfortunately, I think all that this inspired us to do, a, a good good discussion topic, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but this is like when you and I were talking Cinefix, and now it's just like, I'm going to hang up after we record this, and I'm just going <laughs> to spend a whole bunch of money that I should not be spending. Uh, the uh, Yeah, I, that <laughs> Flesh and Blood that I found on YouTube, I downloaded a copy of it. It is marked instrumental version. Are we sure it's not the same one? It, How do we it's find probably out? This, yeah the the instrumental version that's on on the YouTube is the same. I think it's that extended version that we're still trying to figure out if is the same on that record uh, than the one that that's also on that YouTube yeah uh, uh, link. Mm. So, um, but but maybe somebody out there has it or uh, has has purchased it from that crazy website that I'm still kind of scared to give any payment in, information to. <laughs> um, but uh, that's the old man and me talking. What am I? What am I saying? But yeah. So I think what we'll do is we'll put together. We're we're due for a mixtape sooner than later uh, here. So maybe we'll do another summer mixtape or something uh, in the future. Um, but uh, but yeah. But before I throw to you for your final thoughts, Chris, I do want to mention um, uh, phone lines, uh, direct messages, email, anything and everything is still open for our 300th episode. So if you uh, want to participate in our 300th episode, here's what we're asking you to do. Um, please send us uh, anything that has your voice or video or your likeness or something that we can use on the air. Uh, but t- tweets are fun, but then I have to read them. And you guys have all heard me read tweets. I'm not really good at it. Um, so uh, we're looking for your suggestions for anything and everything. Uh, basically, we're going to spend our 300th episode talking about things that we love and uh, music, food, uh, uh, books, movies, art, uh, anything. Uh, it, you saw a good sunset once in Cabo. Okay, fine. Tell us about that. We, we just, we want to focus on not us, not celebrating us and our goofy podcast for our 300th time, uh, but focusing on you guys and what, what things you love and, and, and hopes that the show and tell that we have on the episode, uh, will inspire you to to seek out new things, um, and we have finally started uh, slotting in people to talk to, um, and I'm very excited about the lineup of man. We've got uh, seven, eight, nine. We've got about ten people that we're going to be talking to on the 300th episode so far, and that's why uh, Chris, you and I were very overwhelmed with like, oh my god, how are we going to do this? Because that's just like the preliminary list of people. So it's going to be a really jam packed episode. Uh, hopefully with your voice messages, with um, your your uh, video messages, anything you want to send to us. Uh, if you're confused or don't know quite how to send things to us, please just drop us a, a direct message on any social media and I'll, I'll walk you through it uh, because we do want to have you guys uh, get a, a chance to get your voice heard and uh, be a part of this show because you are. Uh, even if you're just a passive listener, you have no idea how integral you are to this show. So it, it means, means the world to us to involve you guys some way, somehow. Um, so that's that's all I got. What do you got in terms of uh, final thoughts, Chris? I uh, can't talk. Looking at all my uh, music tracks, <laughs> Chris is still in the rabbit hole, and will yeah. be there until next I, Wednesday, probably. I mean, years and years back when I still had time and energy, I was trying to put together like a, a site that brought together all the different covers of of Ghostbusters. Um, and yeah, I. I got old and tired and it all went off the tracks <laughs> pretty quick for much the As same reason happen. much the same reason that we're we're talking about here because 
So I have, oh God, that's gotta be 40 pushing 50 different versions, but that includes things like mashups as uh, well as old school stuff like, you know, Centrix's cover and, uh, you know, the, the, the vocals and instrumental version of the extreme ghostbusters theme song and just stuff like that. And, and bits that like heavily sampled it just, man. Yeah, I, it's there. There was a time too. I was I was thinking the same thing because I I have literally on my iTunes uh, library a whole genre that's just called Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Because there's like right? the Power Play version, the Zentrix version you mentioned, uh, the Rasmus version, which I'm still partial to, which was on the original version of the Interdimensional Crossrip way back in the day. Funny enough, um, mm. back when I was I was going through my big pop punk phase. I'm still going through my pop punk phase. Let's be honest. Um, but, uh, yeah. It, and and yeah. that's the cool thing too, is there's just been so many interpretations. There's been, uh, uh, classical orchestrations of, of Ghostbusters. And so, so there's all those different versions. Then there's also just like the recordings and things of, of that nature from, from the movies and the songs that we love. Like I am so excited to finally get to hear Randy Edelman's score whenever that happens. I know yeah. it was it kind of snuck out on his website and I think that was premature because it got taken down really fast, but we know that they're working on it. Um, so, you know, whenever that happens to come, man, and especially if that's released in vinyl, I, all of a sudden I am just on this vinyl kick because listening to Elmer Bernstein's, that, that Sony classics, uh, release that they just did last year, I want to say, or two years ago now at this point, um, it sounds so good. It's just such a great mix and, and say what you will about the the way that the songs were arranged on the album, which I know Peter Bernstein did very purposefully, but is not in the chronological order of the film. And, and it's it's a whole discussion topic that we've already gone into. Um, it just sounds so good. And I just, I love hearing these things and it just evokes certain memories. Or like when you listen to the 12 inch uh, remix of, of Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters, um, it, it reminds you of Dana Barrett doing sit-ups, uh, and watching TV because it's that, that same sort of like low, uh, rhythmic percussion intro yeah. that's, uh, that, that's on that, that track. So just, uh, yeah. yeah, man, let's, I mean, we still live in a world too, where we haven't figured out the mystery of the teaser song, right? Like just that one song that everybody thought was um Hughes and Thrall and is not Hughes and Thrall? No. Yeah. That's that's a whole other I mean I know that's Alex Newborn uh if if there is one thing that I know is on Alex Newborn's bucket list it's to figure out all of the prototype versions of the Ghostbusters uh, theme song that that yeah. never came to pass. Um So final thought wise have have all we determined this time is that Maybe you and I will put out a, a pair of mixtapes one week. Yeah. yeah so you and I that. are going to deep dive. We'll try and find alternates. And it's that'll cool be and weird and obscure alternates. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be one mix. And then the other one, I can put together a mix of, of like different tracks that sample and all that sort of thing. <laughs> it'll just sense? be covers, covers of Ghostbusters. No, 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 no. It'll be like listening to the Answer the Call soundtrack. No, just kidding. Um, Sounds vaguely like uh, Punishment and and the kind of thing designed to make me not love a thing I love anymore, and I I don't want that. That that repetition is not good. There's some real good music that I think mostly what it end up being is it's like um, I will try and put together a mix that will – it's like you went in and you picked up, you know – some weird German uh, Danzig eighty seven or whatever, and I'll and you'll be listening to it, and then you'll be amazed that every time it switches to a new song, there's still some weird little sample or element from Ghostbusters ah, in there no. somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> and and like the the Zentrix one, like there's that live performance where like uh, I'm, I, I actually I'm gonna save that because I think that's gonna be in one of mine. But it's just like the the band hears the audience yelling at them to play Ghostbusters and like what Ghostbusters and then they play some other song and everybody starts booing them. And they come <laughs> to Ghostbusters, so good. Um, but uh, yeah, I I love it. Um, I think I think that's my final thought. Is all we've determined today is that you and I need to track down a few things and like you said. Uh, the, it, if anybody else out there has copies of 
of any of these, uh, or if you think you've got something, send it our way. Yes. Um, or if you've created stuff too, um, yeah, please send, send it in if you're, if you're willing to share, because that would be a lot of fun too. A lot of people have done remixes and, and their own mashups and stuff like that. So send, send those in. Um, all right. Well, uh, until then, send me those discs if you guys have them or sell them to me that either way <laughs> uh, i'll take it take it either way um, but uh, we'll see you on the other side Who you gonna call? thanks for joining the ghostbusters interdimensional crossrip visit us at protoncharging.com ghostbustershq.net and stillplayingwithtoys.net Oh, anything you're doing is bad. I just want to let you know that. We'd like to get a sample of your brain tissue. Oh. Next week, though, Careless Pets. We're so good.